Welcome to Shot of Spirituality. Each episode aims to give you a Jewish spiritual lens for living your life in the present moment. I'm your host, Rabbi Josh Snyder, and I'm the Executive Director of Goucher Hillel. This week, we're going to talk about facing failure. It's the year 1570, in the city of Tzfat in the Galilee, then a part of the Syrian region of the Ottoman Empire. It's nighttime in midsummer. A serious-looking man in his mid-thirties hurries along the streets, his careworn eyes searching for the right home in the darkness. He is a student of the Kabbalah, a mystical branch of Judaism known to very few. Born in Jerusalem, he has lived most of his life in Cairo, studying the text of the Zohar, the seminal text of Kabbalah. By all accounts, his behavior is rather strange. He spent seven years living in solitude, meditating in a cottage on the banks of the Nile, only visiting his family on Shabbat, and then never speaking to his wife. But he found something there in that solitude, a new system of Kabbalah. When he returned to Jerusalem last year in search of a place to share his teachings, He found few willing to delve with him into the mystical depths. His intensity scares them off. It is only here, in this windswept mountainside village, that he has found a small circle of like-minded souls, most of them sons or grandsons of survivors of the Spanish expulsion. Here he has found a teacher, the famed Moses Cordovero, who is the first to integrate the teachings of the Kabbalah within a philosophical framework. Here he has found colleagues, a home. He arrived only a few months ago, but now his teacher has fallen suddenly ill, and he fears he will be forced to wander again, much like his parents, his father who came from Germany, and his mother whose parents were exiled from Spain. He sees the house and goes in. There, gathered about the bed, are his friends, weeping as they sing aloud the song Anna Bechoach, which is only sung silently when welcoming Shabbat and is said to be one of God's secret mystical names. They weep as their dying teacher, Rabbi Moses Cordovero, urges them, Sing, so that I will not be troubled by the adversary as I pass from this life. The young man stands transfixed in the entrance until his closest companion, Chaim, rises and comes over to him and places his hands on his shoulders. Looking deeply into his eyes, he says, Isaac, our eyes now look to you. So it was that Rabbi Isaac Luria came to lead a small circle of 12 Kabbalists in the city of Tzfat for just over two years until he too died, not yet 40 years old. He never wrote a book. In fact, he asked his disciples not to share his teachings outside their circle. But his teachings, collected by his disciple Chaim Vital, would eventually be published, and they would spark a revolution in Jewish thought and spirituality that led directly to the founding of the Hasidic movement in Ukraine 150 years later, and that reverberates throughout all Jewish thought until today.
When we speak of Kabbalah today, most likely we are referring to Lurianic Kabbalah. The Kabbalah that came before was commentary, code words, stories that concealed rather than revealed. This Kabbalah took all of the strands from the Zohar and wove them into a new myth, a story of the creation of the universe that is entirely different from the story told, at least on the surface, in the first chapters of the book of Genesis in the Torah. From this founding myth flowed the basis of Lurianic Kabbalah, which contains within it a completely new lens for seeing the world. The story goes thus. In the beginning, there was only God, and God was undifferentiated, endless, infinite, and everywhere. God was Ein Sof, that which has no limit. Ein Sof wanted to create a universe, and so Ein Sof made space. It withdrew itself into itself, and made a vacuum in which the universe could come to exist. Then a process began, intricate and intentional. Some part of Ein Sof remained behind in the vacuum, an undifferentiated mass that was a distilled concentrate of God's judgment. A ray of light from Ein Sof emerged to form this mass into vessels, a network of pathways to refract God's light and differentiate it to make existence possible outside of Ein Sof. At the outset, everything went well. The first vessel, Keter, crowned pure divine will, held the light. Then the light split down two pathways to flow to Binah, understanding, and Chochmah, wisdom. The light began to expand within the vessels, and then the unimaginable. They shattered, breaking the eight vessels behind into infinitesimally small shards scattered throughout the universe. Only the last vessel, known as Malchut or Shekhinah, did not shatter completely. While most of the light returned to Ein Sof, the shards holding God's pure light shot off in every direction, leaving a broken universe in their wake. This was a shattering, or a shivirah, that could not be undone. Ein Sof had failed. Nevertheless, Ein Sof again sent forth a ray of light, this time shaping the network of vessels in the way that could hold the light. This time, Ein Sof did not send light through with full intensity, but according to the capacity of the vessels to hold it. And the broken vessel of Shekhinah was not able to fully connect with the vessels above. And the shards of the first attempt remain, scattered throughout the world, with sparks of Ein Sof hidden within them, waiting to be freed and returned to their source. As with all myths, this myth is a human comprehension of an abiding truth learned through experience. Myths are stories that we tell that remind us of who we are and that encode touch points of intergenerational wisdom. Luria's Kabbalah is one that fundamentally recognizes the nature of the universe as imperfect and in need of repair. The key moment of creation in Luria's telling is the act of Shvirat HaKelim, the breaking of the vessels, and what happens in its wake. We are left to wonder, how did Ein Sof feel in that moment? 
The one chance at a perfect universe was dashed to pieces. Why try again, when no subsequent attempt would be able to reach perfection? And yet, despite the brokenness, the messiness of the universe, Ain Sof did try again, and it was different. Having learned from the disaster of the breaking of the vessels, the second attempt yielded a different result, according to Loria, the universe we now inhabit. As humans who deal every day with a broken universe, this story can be oddly comforting. When we fail, it can be a total deflation of our confidence, and we will fail in life. It is not easy to bounce back. It takes a lot of energy to absorb failure, and then some more to be able to learn from it, and even more to try again. Luria's myth lets us know God deals with that too. Failure is inevitable. Brokenness is inevitable. But we, like God, can do our best to pick up the pieces and learn to try, try again. Learning from our mistakes and accepting that is simply part of the design of our universe. We can face failure and grow as a result of doing so. Brokenness does not mean the end. It means a new beginning is just around the corner. A different one. One may ask, why doesn't God just sweep up those broken shards? Can this universe be fixed? More on that next time. Shot of Spirituality is a short-form podcast from Goucher Hillel, focusing on Jewish spiritual concepts. Brought to you by Goucher Hillel, and written, hosted, and produced by Rabbi Josh Snyder.